0: From the headquarters of the Guild of Champions, this is the Chris Terrell Podcast. I am your host, Chris Terrell. Join me this week as we talk about some really cool topics designed to help you on your weight loss quest. Now, just if you're new here, I've lost 125 pounds myself. Took me two and a half years to do it. After a lifetime, an entire adulthood of up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down dieting before I finally got sick and tired of being overweight, I got sick and tired of regaining all my weight and decided I'm gonna make some actual permanent changes to my life. Now, if you're looking for weight loss advice from somebody that hasn't ever had to lose weight before, if you're looking to get weight loss advice on how to crash diet with nary a thought given to how you're gonna maintain it after that, you're in the wrong place. Here, you're gonna learn common sense, practical weight loss advice from a daily practitioner of this stuff. Not because I'm trying to lose weight, Anymore, well, I've already done that and I'm keeping it off. But what I do is I keep the changes I made permanent. And I want to teach you how to do that. Because if I want a long term problem to be resolved, I needed to apply long term fixes. Long term fixes to long term problems. A big, one of the reasons why I failed so many times on other weight loss journeys is I brought temporary solutions to lasting problems. I, my baseline lifestyle resulted in me gaining weight over time. Like if I did nothing, if I made no changes, I would gain weight over time. That's what my lifestyle was like before. It wasn't because of one thing I was doing. It's because of 5,000 things I was doing and not even all of them every day. Just 5,000 things over a course of a year. I I couldn't even tell you what they were. And I'm not even sure it was 5,000. I'm trying to illustrate the point of it was a lot. It was a lot of things I was doing. And it's also, it was a lot of things I was failing to do, just things I was not doing. And so as I made these changes to my permanent lifestyle, whenever I stopped losing weight, I didn't immediately go back to gaining and that was really important because you see if all you do is cut out carbs and then lose weight and then bring carbs back and go back to the lifestyle you were living before, you're going to gain the weight back because you didn't actually change anything. Now today I want to talk about something that I had to change in my life that has been hugely impactful. It is a daily practice that I am working on to this day. I have never stopped working on this and it's something that I know will help you and that is improving your self-talk. I had to improve the communication I had with myself. I had to. It wasn't optional. If I had not have done that, I know with certainty that I definitely would have regained my weight because there's been too many times where I was down in the dumps and there was no one there to talk me out of it but me. No one was there. It was just me and I'm willing to bet that you're gonna find yourself in scenarios and situations much like that. Before I get into this though, I'd like to invite you to come join my free Facebook group. We've got over 4,000 people in there right now. I go live there every Monday morning to help you kick off your weight loss week. And it is a fantastic community of people. If you're active on Facebook and you're looking to lose weight and you're looking to do it the right way, by actually changing your life and by learning how you can improve as a person and gain a greater sense of self-mastery, well, come on over. We'd love to have you in that community. You can find a link to that in the show notes of the podcast or you can navigate to christerlcoaching.com. Scroll down, click on option two. All All right, right, let's, let's dig in. I wanna just give you several points, several things that I've done and that I still do to help me improve my self-talk. And what I wanna challenge you to do is to take one single solitary tidbit from this podcast, from this episode, and go try it for a week on purpose, just one. It's not about taking everything I'm going to tell you and then doing them all at once. You just got to pick one thing. And then just start working on it. And as that one thing becomes easier, you add the next thing to it. And then when that becomes easier, now you've got two things and you add another thing. And when that becomes easier, now you have three things. And now you're actually even might even be able to do two new things at once as your practice of working on your self-talk becomes better. So that's all I'm asking. Just one thing, just one thing. So the first thing I had to become good at doing And this sounds simple until you try it under all circumstances. You'll see it's surprisingly challenging. And that is to get good at observing a thought. Observing that a thought is passing across your mind. I would like to have some pizza. There was a thought. It was just a thought. I don't got to do anything with it. I just need to notice that it was there. I wasn't good at observing thoughts at first. What I often did was react to my thoughts. A thought happened, I reacted to it. A different thought happened, I reacted to that one. The first skill is to become good at observing my thoughts. Now, when I observed the thoughts, once I got good and I became more adept at observing the thoughts, I wanted to understand the thoughts. I wanted to break them down. I wanted to be able to dig into them a little bit more. And so I'm going to give you, what do I got here, four? I'm going to give you four things that you can dig into with this. These are the four things that I look at. And by the way, I am reading this from my journal. This is my personal, if you're watching this on the video, I'm holding it up right now. This is my personal study on, self-ta- on self-talk right here that I'm teaching from. This isn't, like, this is, this is what I do, okay? First, is my thought specific or is it general? Am I talking about something in generalities, or am I talking about something specifically? Am I saying this time, or am I saying every time? That right there can change the entire meaning of a sentence to, I feel sad this time, to I feel sad every time. See, it's a little bit different. Yes, I'm, maybe I'm intending to just say, in this very moment, I'm feeling sad because of this thing. Well, if I have the thought, I feel bad or sad, sorry, every time this thing happens, that's an entirely different thought to, I'm feeling bad as this thing is happening. I want to be able to see how my thought is being shaped. The second thing is, is my thought flexible or is it stable? And what I mean is, is my thought absolutist with no wiggle room? It is always this way. Or is it more flexible? I have a tendency. To do this. Sometimes I do that. It could be something like, when this happens, I always react this way. Very different than when this thing happens, I have a tendency to react this way. I needed to observe the thought and see which language is my thought coming at me with. The third thing is, is my thought external or personal? You could think of it as extrinsic or intrinsic, like did the thought come from somewhere within me that I can't immediately point out in my environment, or did the thought originate from somewhere outside of within me? One of the examples I like to use with my coaching when talking about the concept of wanting food, I'll say right now, this is exactly how I I would portray this to you. Hey, have you had an Andy's Mint in the last week? Most people are like, no, I haven't had an Andy's Mint. Although Andy's mints are in fact delicious, but I have not had one this last week. Cool. Great. Okay. Do you plan to have one this upcoming week? A person might think, well, no, I'm not planning to go to Olive Garden. So no, I don't think I'm going to be having any Andy's mints. Okay, great. So now let me pose a hypothetical. You know yourself, so let's just be honest. If there was a bowl, a big bowl of Andy's mints on your counter in your kitchen, what are the odds that you would have just one, and these men sometime in the next seven days. And almost universally, people are like, "Uh, pretty high, I'm probably going to have one. So I say, awesome. Now, when you get it, did you get it because you wanted it or did you get it because it was there? And that's where you have to become good at observing, did a food thought originate from within or did a food thought get triggered within you due to an outside of you stimulus? Like a food being presented in front of you, a smell coming across your nose, someone offering you some food, you see an ad. What is it? Where did that thought come from? That is very different than having a childhood memory crop up that brings with it an accompanying smell that brings with it an accompanying desire to go get food. All right. They both create the same desire or the same outcome of I want to get food, but they come from wildly different sources. The next one is, is my thought about what I can control or is it about what isn't working? That's another thing I like to look at. Walking around inside my head, bitching all the time, ain't fixing anything, okay? That's just complaining. It's needless. I didn't know this many years ago and I realized I was just going around all the time complaining inside my head. That's all I was doing. I was just going around complaining. wasn't actually solving anything. wasn't coming up with solutions. But once I began to observe my thoughts, I began to notice that sometimes my thoughts were just nothing more than complaining. No one was listening, so I complained to me. As opposed to, is this thought about what I have control over? Am I seeking out variables that I can control so I can begin to work with those? These four things have really, really, really helped me on my journey. So let me give you a few more points with each one of these. I'll go go through all four of them again and give you a couple more things with each one of them. Now, before I do that, though, I want to invite you, if you have not already, to come check out my guild. That is my weight loss membership. It's $40 a month, and I have dropped the joining fee. You can now just come and join us. I would love to have you in the guild. If you, look, when I was losing my weight, it was lonely. This was a really, really important thing I was doing to me. It was a massive initiative, and I wanted a community of people I can talk to about it. Now, I tried to do that with the people around me in my life, and I discovered very quickly that people only wanted to hear about my weight loss so often and so frequently before they didn't want to hear about it anymore, and yet I still wanted to talk about it. I still wanted to keep learning because this was the most important personal project I was working on in my entire life while I was doing it. And so just because you have to lose weight alone, that doesn't mean you have to be alone. And I would like to invite you to come join the guild. So if you're interested in the guild and you want to learn more about it, you can navigate to theguildofchampions.com, click on I am not a guild member. That's just going to take you to a landing page with a video where I'll tell you a bit about the guild, what it includes, what you're going to get. So just go take a look at it if you're interested. If you're looking for that next level support, if you're looking for that community, it is there. It is waiting for you. There is no contract. You can cancel at any time. So let's let's get back into the points. So let me circle back around to the first one. Specific or general? What I started doing is when I noticed generalized thoughts, I would ask myself to now make a specific version if the situation needed that. I have found that in my life, if I avoid generalizations, especially being overly general in my thinking, has led to a greater sense of satisfaction. Because in my own personal journey, what I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to get to a place where I live in the here and the now, where I'm focused on staying in the present as much as I can. And I realize if I'm having generalized thoughts... Um, I get pulled into the future. I get pulled into the past. But if I have specific thoughts, I find it often helps me stay grounded in the present. And the more I could stay grounded in the present, the easier my weight loss journey got. Because the reality is deciding what am I going to eat for the next couple of hours, that was a very easy and overwhelming thing to handle. Even if I was really hungry, I could handle it. That is very different than thinking, how am I going to handle being hungry every day for the next year and a half? I, uh-uh, uh no, 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 that is going to just overwhelm the mess out of me. I can't let myself do that. I got to stay specific. Now, on the flexible versus stable, I have now, in my own speech, attempted to avoid forever statements. An example of, I'm not good at my job. That's just a definitive, absolute fact with no room open in the future, no wiggle room, no gray area. Where's the wiggle room? Now, let me tell you where this idea came from. I remember exactly where I got this notion. And it's not from a personal development books. Not not at all. It's from Bob Kelso from Scrubs, the TV show. There's this episode where Elliot and I think it was Carla, they had a young... um, patient, and they said, we're going to have you out of here by, it's like prom or something, something that this younger patient really wanted to get out of here. And Bob Kelso's standing there and he's like, you know, where's the wiggle room? You can't be making promises like that because you might not be able to keep it. And when I was in my early twenties watching that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And then I did nothing with it until in my thirties. So, but that's what I realized. My mind went back to that. I'm like, I've got to leave the wiggle room in my speech. It costs me nothing, to have some gray area in my speech, to leave some room for improvement. So instead of saying, I'm not good at my job, I could instead say, right now I'm not doing as good as I could, but with some training, I'll bet I could get better. You hear that just leaves it open. That doesn't negate the fact that in this very moment, I'm not doing good enough, but it leaves the door open for improvement. That is really, really important. And I, ha- well, no, I'm gonna get ahead myself. All right, now the external versus the personal thoughts, the internal thoughts. I dug into this a little bit earlier with the food, but I really wanna talk about how this helped me with my weight loss. I had no idea just how often I was eating thinking I did it because I wanted it when in fact I did not do it because I wanted it I did it because a situation presented itself and I just felt like this was my choice when I never actually thought about it and I use the Andy's Mint example from earlier now the other thing I want to talk about last thing is focusing my thoughts on what I can control versus what I can't control look If you spend all your time and energy focusing on things outside of your control, I'm willing to bet you're going to find life to be a very frustrating endeavor. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you have found a way to focus all your energies on things that you can't control, and it's working out. I wasn't able to do that, and I tried for a long time to let a large percentage of my thoughts be hyper-focused on things beyond my control or ability to influence And of course, what do I do? I'm trying to predict what's going to happen based off of circumstances that I see in front of me that I have no control over. And now I'm creating expectations. Anyone know how often those expectations go unmet? It's almost every damn time because I have yet to figure out how to predict the future. And I tried for a long, long time to predict the future and I never figured it out. And I had to learn how to grab a thought look at it and then ask the thought a question. Are you, is this what I, something I can control and learn to have this dialogue with myself. So I've asked you to take one single solitary tidbit from this podcast episode, just one, whatever one you want, whatever one that you might think you can do, do that one. I want you to try all of them, but just pick one. Now, I will give you a word about it. If you haven't ever started working on this, the first one you need to start with is getting good at observing your thoughts, like being able to look at a thought, capture it, write it down on a piece of paper exactly as you thought it. Like, get good at doing that. Get good at observing your thoughts that come across your mind. But working on your thoughts is a practice. It is a practice just like you would practice an instrument. I learned to play the guitar in high school. I learned to play classical, I could read music, uh, not just tabs, I could actually read the notes, and I finger-picked, and um, I, I got okay, I mean, I was, I was better than a newbie, and I could, I could do okay, I was learning some slightly more complicated classical pieces, and I was starting to learn some more pop stuff, but, um, you know, after high school, I just sort of lost interest and ran out of time to practice as much, and I just, mostly, I just lost interest. And so what would happen is, is every few years I go back and I dig out my guitar and I go to play it again. And I know that within me is the memory of how to play the guitar and I'll pick it up and I'll just start playing. I remember the first few chords because you always remember the first few chords of 10,000 songs when you play the guitar um, and I'd play them and I'd be like, well, here, let's play Nothing Else Matters by Metallica, you know, just start playing it. And all of a sudden my brain just goes bloop, blank, doesn't even remember the notes they're just not even there it's as if I've never learned the song I'm like what are you talking about I have played this song hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of times I could play it with my eyes closed in the dark upside down like I can't remember the next note in it why because I stopped practicing now here's the cool thing this is really I've done this multiple times I've learned that if I just keep playing the guitar keep doing it eventually my mind will remember the next single note It'll just remember the next single note. So let's say I go, I'm playing, 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 freeze, like, ah, I can't ever get past this part. Don't remember what the next chord is. And then I'll play it again, and then pause. And ah, dang it, I didn't get it. And then I'm playing it. Oh. There's one more note. Wait a minute, that's right. After that note comes this note. Oh yeah, that's right. And then I remember and then bloop, nothing. Nothing. Brain just goes blank again. I've just learned if I just keep taking stabs at the song, my brain will just let riddle release. The notes that are somehow in there, it'll figure out how to access them. Now, occasionally a song is so far forgotten, I got to go look at the music again or go listen to it a couple times to try to jog my memory, so to speak. But if I don't keep practicing, I don't stay the same. I get worse. I get worse at playing the guitar. Every time I stop practicing. Working on your self-talk is going to be very much the same thing. It'll be very much the same thing where you are practicing the basics, the fundamentals, and you're doing it all the time with all your speech everywhere. And then as you get better at it, you'll add another layer to it. Keep practicing, keep practicing, keep practicing. And then you'll add another layer of complexity. Keep practicing, keep practicing, keep practicing. You'll add another layer. And this will keep going as you make it a practice, something you're working on all the time. Having accountability partners, people that will help you work on your speech can be very helpful because it'll help you catch it when you're not paying attention. So you might have to ask those around you to keep you in check or be in a support group. Hashtag come join the guild, guildofchampions.com. But getting that community will be very helpful. But here's the other thing I know. Once you stop practicing your talk you'll regress. You won't regress all the way to nothing, just like I could pick up the guitar now and still play some notes. Like, you'll still remember some things. Some things will take and they'll be permanently parts of your new psyche and who you are. And then you're like, crap, I stopped practicing again. You'll start practicing working on your self talk and you'll get right back up to par, but far faster than the initial time. So, here's the thing I have been working on my self talk now consciously as a very, very conscious endeavor since 2019. That's when I started working on it as a personal journey on communicating with myself, not with anybody else, but with me. I waited until I was 34 to start doing that for some reason. So here I am years later. I am not even close to mastering this. What I'm realizing is there's a lot I don't know. If I rewind the clock back to 2019, early 2020, I thought I knew a lot. I thought I was like really in this. Yeah, I'm really working on this. I know how to work on myself. No, no, I did not. I did not. I was being quite arrogant, apparently, and I didn't even know it. I'm now reaching a place where I'm realizing just how much there is I do not know, and it is a lot. And I am continually studying and learning about myself and learning about the mind, learning how to think, and learning how to, you know, quite honestly, just get out of my own damn way, which I've discovered. I was really good at doing that before. Not the getting out of my way. I wasn't good at that. I was good at getting in my way. I was great at getting in my way. I now realize that a lot of the places I've been successful in life, I was successful in spite of the fact of how much I was getting in my way. I could have been. I could. I could have done so much more in the past if I had just gotten out of my own darn way and so hopefully this episode helped you the area of self-talk has been such an impactful part of my life I learned it and practiced it on my weight loss journey and I've never stopped it has been just one of the best things that I've ever worked on and I love working on it to this day because of the results it continues to get me all right go have another fantastic week of your weight loss journey seriously go have a good week Weight loss doesn't have to be miserable. I didn't know if you knew that. But in case no one's told you, I'm going to tell you right now. You're allowed to enjoy the journey. You're allowed to enjoy working on yourself. You're allowed to enjoy finding a problem, go, ha, found something I can work on, and then making it better. So go make this week better, champion. See you next week on the Chris Terrell Podcast.